Good morning. How many of you are ready to hear the word of God this morning? Did you come expecting? Did you come leaning in? Hallelujah. Did you come ready to grow? Did you come ready to receive in Jesus' name? Because I promise you, if that's what you came for, then God's going to give it to you, and you will not walk out of these doors the same. Amen. I have this, this lump in my throat, and it's, uh, my heart rate is like at 125. And, and I, I say that just to say that the spiritual warfare that um, has been put on the radar just even this morning is very real. And I'm excited about the word. I studied the word. I prayed for each one of you sitting in this seat. And so I know that the spiritual warfare is real because the enemy wants to tell me that what I have to say is not that important. Or maybe what I even have to say is um, I'm unsure of. But would you just lift your hands towards me right now and we're just going to break that chain in the name of Jesus. Father, we worship you this morning. We thank you, Lord. We exalt your holy name. And we know that you are King of kings and you are Lord of lords. And we are your children, O God. Women of valor and men of valor. And so I stand in my rightful place, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would anoint my lips to preach the gospel. And that your word would go forth. Get me out of the way, Lord Jesus. And you do what only you can do. Speak to each one here individually. A rhema word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for your prayers last week. Thank you for covering us in your prayers. My babies were sick and we stayed home, um, so we missed you guys, but I'm glad to be in the house of God today, and I'm, I'm happy that you're here today. God's got a word for you. You know, we've been circling around this theme, spiritual warfare, right? The past, I mean, Pastor Jay's been talking about um, the armor of God for the last six weeks, and that was kick-started from the message I shared even before that about spiritual warfare. Right? We, we keep circling around the adversary, the devil, the one that's um, after our souls. He's after our family, our communities, our country. Right? We just keep circling around this. And I'm, I'm studying this week, and I'm looking at my sermon notes of the different um, sermons that I've studied over time. And I notice that it's a common thread in what we share over this pulpit. And I realize that next to sharing about God's love, and the, the heart of Jesus and the love of Jesus, we talk about spiritual warfare quite often. And I believe that it's the heart of your pastor for you and I to move into everything that God has for us. All the plans, all the purposes that he has for us, victoriously. Somebody say victory. victory. I mean, just think, you're not here by chance in this time. You're here by God's choosing. His hand formed you, crafted you, created you into the person that you are today. You are unique. He compares you to no one else. You are one of a kind. His grace has allowed everything that you need to fulfill his purpose 
in this generation at this time. Hallelujah. We were born for this moment. Amen. And so as we continue, continually affirm our identity in Christ, I believe that we will be able to fulfill and walk out the purpose that God has for us. And so as we've been circling around the theme, spiritual warfare, warfare as we mature in Christ, I believe now you know that when there's tension in your home, when there's tension in your marriage, when there's tension at work, when there's tension in your business, you know that you're not fighting one another, but we're fighting for each other. We're not fighting against each other, but we're fighting something stronger. And we have the tools now, the, um, the armor of God, so to speak, that we put on, and now we're able to win the war. Win the battle. Amen? Amen? See, God won the war. The victory is Christ alone through the blood of Jesus. But how many of you know we battle every single day? We battle. We battle in our minds. We battle with our attitudes. We battle with our flesh. We battle. But I believe that because we've been camping out on this spiritual war subject, topic, that we have exactly what we need to win those battles day after day. I pray that you are so engrossed, so intent at digging into the word of God that when your feet hit the floor each morning, God says, uh-oh, she's up. Uh-oh, he's up. That's the kind of warrior that Pastor Jay has been talking about. That's the kind of spiritual battle and clothing and protection and equipping that we've been given to be able to go toward the enemy. Amen? Amen. It's our identity. You know, I've been doing this study on um, the Proverbs 31 um, chapter, chapter 31 of Proverbs um, with this group of women. And, um, you know, Growing up, I, I, I thought Proverbs 31, it's a standard of a noble wife, a virtuous wife, and that is very true. Um, but there's some richer, deeper, hidden treasures that got surfaced in the midst of our verse-by-verse study. And so one of the things is that Proverbs 31 is an acrostic poem, meaning each verse in the Hebrew alphabet um, is used in this poem from A to Z. And I didn't know that. And so it paints a picture of a woman who embodies the real and practical wisdom of God from A to Z. And it's a prophecy that um, King Lemuel's mother spoke and declared over him. And I believe that it's also a prophecy that the Holy Spirit speaks over the church. Proverbs 31 is an example of the church. And in the book of Ephesians, Christ implies that the church is his wife, right? Follow me. That's you and I, right? And so what I'm getting at is this wife of noble character, this woman of virtue, it translates into the church of valor. 
the sons and daughter of valor. That's the identity that God speaks over you and I. And there's so many scriptures. If you, if you, um, if it breaks down to the word valor, and then we take valor and go into the word of God, I mean, it just explodes with scriptures on mighty men of valor. Men of valor, men of valor. Okay, and so right now what I'm doing is I'm just, I, I want to speak to your identity. The Hebrew word is kail. Kail means valor. And to me, that just gives a little bit um, different of a connotation from virtue. Valor means a warrior. Valor means to fight. Valor means that we are people that are tenacious. That when we come in the face of the enemy, we don't shrink back, but we, in fact, we move forward in the face of the enemy. When God told the Israelites to go into the enemy's camp, did they shrink back? No, they stood up, they rised up on the inside of them because God confirmed their identity that they were the sons and daughters of God. And they went in the enemy's camp and not only did they win, but they stole the spoils that was in the enemy's camp and they came back twofold. And so you and I, as women and men of valor, we have that, I, that ability to go into the world, to go into our families and in our communities, and not only meet the enemy in the face, not only overcome the adversary, but in fact take back what he's stolen from the people that might have been weaker than us from the fa our families before and our families before. I stand here today with my shoulders back, warring in the spirit through prayer that my children and my children's children will not be caught up with the same generational curses that I had to go through. And that is what God is calling you and I to do at this hour. We were born for this moment. Amen. That's your identity. We are an equipped people. And so as we conclude this theme of the armor of God, I love, I wasn't here last week, but I wondered, I was like, is Pastor Jay going to talk about prayer? Is he going to talk about prayer? And I'm blessed because he talked about prayer. Because prayer, Maui just mentioned it, Dwayne just mentioned it, Tyler just mentioned it, Pastor Tyler just mentioned it. Prayer is another weapon that we need in our tool bag. And I mean, I would not be where I am today in my faith if it wasn't for the people that carried me from season to season throughout my life in prayer. I bet you could say the same. Not only in my faith, but in my life, hallelujah, I would not be where I am today. The power of pe people warred for me in the spirit. It motivated me to press and to push back the darkness. One of my greatest testimonies is that knowing that my mother at a young age, from when I was a young age, she warred for me in the spirit. She was a woman with the weapon of prayer that says, my daughter will be covered throughout her journey. 
as a young child, and then as a young adult. She prayed for me, she prayed for my spouse, and that motivated me to keep myself pure so that I could give a gift to my husband. It motivated me, the power of prayer. You know, we have tremendous, uh, we've seen tremendous blessings. Just today, it's been shared um, of the power of prayer because of the intercession, the intercessors in this church. We've seen the goodness of God. James 5, 6 says that the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Hmm. You know, I notice that watch and pray, it goes hand in hand. And when Pastor Jay ended his message last week, he said, he, he went to um, the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, watch and pray. And he said, what are we watching for? And so I'm, I'm, I'm digging through the scriptures and I'm seeing that watch and pray, it's a common, um, it's a common connection. It's a common connection. Well, watch translates into being alert, right? Vigilant, wakeful, wide awake, aware. Turn with me to uh, Matthew 26. So in this passage, um, Jesus is asking them um, to watch physically, okay? Watch physically. And man, this is so relatable. This, this portion of scripture is when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. It's a heavy time. A heavy time in his ministry. And this is what he says to the three disciples that he takes along with them. He says, um, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may you take this cup from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you not keep watch with me for one hour? So he's, he's physically saying, you, you guys got to be alert. You guys got to be watchful. And yes, right now in this hour, guess what? It's a heavy time. And God is asking us to be awake in the spirit to the things that are going on. Physically watch and pray that we might see what is going on in the world and in our prayerful posture have a discernment of what is real and what is not real, what is fabricated and what is the truth. Amen? Amen. It's a physical watching. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, God, my, my title here says, Godlessness in the last days. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, 
proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Do not have nothing to do with them. Wow. Okay, it said have nothing to do with them. But can I call can I give a call to action for me and you that as the church we would take heed to watch and pray that the Lord would give us the Holy Spirit, right? The whole, who is the Holy Spirit? He's our counselor. He's our friend. He's our convictor. And then after he convicts us, he helps us. He lavishes grace and mercy upon us that we might repent. What is repent? Simply turning from the way that we were going. And so before we have nothing to do with them, I pray that it would have not, that these things that we would watch in our lives, that this is not coming out of our own lives. Ooh. I sat there. And I asked the Lord, I said, God, am I a lover of myself? Lord, am I a, am I, um, a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of you? Am I a lover of money? Am I ungrateful? Lord, do I slander? And I pray in Jesus' name that as we mature in Christ, I believe God is calling us to a new level. Amen? Do you want to get to a new level with God that we might be able to be withstanding the forces of darkness? And so in our walk with God, we got to take a moment for ourselves and watch and pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that. Go back to Matthew 26, verse 41. Because now he gives us a spiritual watch. This is what he says. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, but the body is weak. Hmm. I want to go, I'm, I'm, I got a lot of verses, so I'm flipping through the Bible here. I'm going to 1 Corinthians 15.34 now. Okay, and we're talking about a spiritual watch that the Lord is calling us to. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34. He says, awake. Remember, that's, what, that's a, a translation of watch, to be awake right? Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. In other words, he's saying, don't allow the world to influence you, 
but rather make sure that your testimony influences the world. Let me say that again. Don't allow the world to influence you, but rather make sure that your influence is it testimony is influencing the world. This is what Proverbs 24, 33, and 34 says. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come in on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Is he talking about sleep? Like taking a nap? I think it's a little deeper. I think he's talking about that if we don't have the armor of God, if we're not alert, if we're not watching and praying, then the enemy, then we leave room for the enemy to come in and be a thief and steal from our family and steal from, um, from the things that God has for us. Amen? That's what that verse means. So to be awake or to be sleeping. Spiritually, God is calling us to be awake. Amen? And we know this. We know this. Hallelujah. Genesis 1-4 says, And God saw the light, and God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. Okay, I also see another spiritual um, contrast in this, in this scripture. It, it, it just popped out to me in a new light. And some of you might be further along than I. Hallelujah. But I've been digging in God's word and it's just been so rich to me lately. So this is, this is in Genesis chapter 1. And God separated the light from the darkness. What is he talking about? He's talking about our testimony. He's talking about the testimony of the people of faith and the people that are walking in darkness. He says in Ephesians 5, 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Hallelujah. Watch and pray that your testimony is on point. If you're taking notes, write that down. Watch and pray that your testimony is on point. This is what Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14 says. Enter through the narrow gate. Somebody say narrow. narrow. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only few find it. Somebody say few. I pray that breaks your heart. I pray that that breaks your heart for the people that are lost. We would, that we would be women and men of valor that watch and pray that our testimony is so aligned with, with the reflection of God that we would be people leading those through the narrow gate. Maui's testimony was perfect confirmation from God. 
that if you choose Jesus as your Lord every day, may you carry a light that shines bright, man. Let it be bright in Jesus' name. We need to represent him better. And we need to represent him well. And now is the time. Turn with me to Proverbs 31. This was a, a prophecy that um, King Lemuel's mother spoke over her son. She's like, oh, my son, the son of my womb, the son of my vow. She's, she's speaking to him um, with intimacy. She's speaking to him with, um, with passion, I think. And this is what she says. It is not for kings, oh, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. Not for rulers to crave beer. Listen to the second part. Lest ye drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Okay, at face value, we'll look at this scripture and we'll think, oh, well, I know what that means. Leaders, no alcohol for you. Right? I mean, maybe, right? Okay, that might be a practical application. As a leader, you are held to a, a higher standard. But there's something deeper here. The thing that popped out to me is that she says, it is not for kings, Olamu. It is not for kings. She says kings twice. What is she doing? She's, she's, um, she's speaking to his identity. Remember I just talked about identity in the beginning? That we are men and women of war. We are valors. We are victors. Amen. So as she speaks to his identity, now she can speak to the responsibility, the responsibility that comes with his position. You and I, because of our identity in Jesus, we now hold a responsibility to reflect God well. It is our responsibility, the church. Amen. And here's the thing. We cannot behave before we believe. And I think that's why it is the heart of your pastor that he continues to affirm and confirm that you are a warrior. You are equipped. And you have what, it need, what you need to combat the enemy. Amen. And so all of a sudden, in this scripture, when I look at it, I realize, you know what? As I'm maturing in Christ, as you mature in your walk with God, I think it's no longer that we're asking um, the question, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this good? Is this bad? Should I go? Should I not? But rather, we, our, our question changes. Now we're saying, does this glorify God? And I'm not just talking about alcohol. I'm talking about whatever's in your space. There's so much get, that's getting thrown at us in this world today. And so connect it with whatever comes into your space that you have to make a decision about. Amen. And may you come to a place in your praying and in your watching that you would say, does this represent God well? Am I glorifying God? 
because this is what I want to tell you. Thousands are on the other side of your obedience. And that's a weight worth carrying. It's a weight worth carrying. Crowns in heaven, jewels. I mean, just think, God would use me for his word? That God would use you, our holy God, king of kings? What a privilege. Amazing privilege. Watch that your testimony be on point. And, you know, with our kids, it's, it's, it's just, it's been interesting lately because they copy everything we do. I mean, we're sitting in church here, and the kids, two of them, had their Bibles out with their highlighters out, and they're highlighting their Bibles. And it's so sweet, you know, to see them doing these little things. But... The backstory is the past three days, my husband has been transferring some of his information, his Bible notes, from an electronic copy to a hard copy. And so he's been sitting on the kitchen table with his Bible and with his ruler, and he's been doing his lines, and he's been doing his highlighting. And so they're watching, and they're seeing. And it's amazing how you, sometimes we, realize, we probably don't even realize that people are watching. Are we reflecting God well? Are we discerning? Are we, are we praying enough that we're aligned with him, that we're discerning the decisions that we make? I hope so. I pray so. You know, I had a, I had a little bit more. I have um, watch and pray for opportunities, but maybe, um, maybe I'll end there. It's, it's 1030. What do you think, Pastor Gretchen? I got, a, I got a little bit more. It's, um, my, my, the other thought was watch and pray for opportunity. I wanted to um, read Colossians. Colossians 4, verse 2. It says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful. There it is again. Watch and pray and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open the door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. This is Paul talking. Pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. There's that word. Let your conversations be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. God is calling us to be a people that we watch and pray for opportunities to share the good news and to share the love of God. Just about every day I pray for divine appointments and divine opportunities. It's so woven into the culture of my home that when I leave the home for work or when Tyler leaves for work, our kids will say, make sure to show God's love. Make sure to show God's love. Even my two-year-old. I mean, he, he doesn't even say it right, but he's saying it. <laughs> 
Paul presents evangelism. I believe Paul pre- is presenting evangelism um, in this scripture. He's calling us to evangelism as a work of prayer and clear communication. That's what's going to give us success in our evangelism. Prayer, don't underestimate your prayers. The whole premise, the whole testimony of my job and everything, all the testimonies that I've shared that, fall, that fell into place for the goodness of God came first by prayer. Praying for my company, praying for my boss, praying for his wife, praying for their child. It all came first through prayer, prayer. And then it says clear testimony. And so I think Paul is saying, um, get good at telling your story. Get good at sharing your testimony. Get good at knowing why you follow Jesus. Maybe we can practice. Maybe we can ask each other. That's, that's what discipleship is, right? Raising us up so that we can be all that God has called us to be. Well, we'll maybe we can start asking each other, asking each other, why do you follow Jesus? Can you tell me your story? The other thing we can get good at is the Romans road. What is the Romans road? It's the salvation message. Hallelujah. It's funny because I always ask my husband to critique me um, in a gentle and kind way after I share the word. Um, just because I, I'm like, I'm a teacher like that. Like I, I want to do better, you know, and all, and all these different things. And so my last message, I shared the gospel message. And I said, um, I mean, this is so Portuguese. But he goes, you did great, babe. You did great. But he goes, but this is what you did. You said, A. Accept. B. Believe. Three. Confess. I was like, what? Really? He goes, yeah, you blew it, man. Uh, he's like, it's A, B, C, or it's one, two, three. Uh, it's not A, B, three. And I'm like, Jesus, help me. How Portuguese is that, right? <laughs> First Peter 3.15 tells us, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone that asks you of the hope that is in you. That means when people, believers or unbelievers, are coming and they're asking questions, we've got to have something to say. We've got to be educated. We have to be people of... We have to be... People that read the word. This is the spoken and written word of God. And you know what? That's a challenge in itself in this day and age, in our generation where everything is just flip and click and, and scroll and, you know? Hallelujah. Seasoned with salt. I thought this was good. Paul used this as a metaphor he says, let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. He used it as a metaphor because in those days, he used salt to preserve things. 
And I thought in those days, well, in these days too, right? We use salt to preserve things. But salt was used to preserve things. And as the believers, and as a believer's word, we should be preserving the message of the gospel. In other words, what we say, what we do. What we do, what we say. Amen. And I just want to close uh, with Joshua 1, chapter, or Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. This is what it says. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to, your, to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law, depart from your mouth, meditate, it, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Woo. Let's lift our hands to heaven.